This episode of the Ministry of Misfits podcast and this awesome shirt are brought to you by a Courageous Clothing Company. Courageous Clothing Company is a Christian family-owned business that specializes in custom designs that they create as well as bulk screen printing of your custom designs as well. When you buy from Courageous Clothing Company, you're not just buying an awesome shirt. You also are helping spread the gospel across the world through the missions that they support, such as this here with Ministry Misfits, as well as with their own designs that have Christian-themed messages sharing the gospel in an awesome and relevant way, or as we say within CSRM and Ministry Misfits, strategically relevant evangelism. Check out their entire line at CourageousClothingCompany.com. Brandon Andrew over at Ministry Misfits, and today we've got another exciting episode for you here. Uh, how's it going, Andrew? Going good. Hopefully, this is the one, maybe the last time that we have to do this in separate rooms here. So we're we're doing good. Yeah, that's uh, exciting news kind of on the way. That hopefully we'll have a studio built uh, in the very near future. So that's on its way here, coming soon. We've also got some other exciting announcements here coming up before we get into our discussion today. The first of which is a fantasy football league. So that's coming up here very soon because we've just got a couple short days until the season starts. So we're actually going to share a link on the page where you can find out how you can actually join our fantasy football league and have a little bit of fun, friendly competition as we go into the season here. Andrew, do you have a team name picked out yet? Uh, I don't remember what I chose, but we we have limited spots available. We're only allowed 20 people, so we do have a few people already signed up. Um, it's been up on Facebook for about a week now, so if I believe there's still space available. So you guys, if you want to join, jump on. We may even have like a T-shirt or a prize pack or something for the winner, if you know I don't destroy all of you. <laughs> There we go. Well, I, uh, as a Cleveland Browns fan, had to poke some fun at ourselves, too. If you remember a couple years ago, they tried to spell out Go Dog Pound with giant flags, but had the letters all mixed out, so it more looked like Boog Pound. So that is my team name, if anybody is wondering what jumble I just put together. Just a couple days left that you can join the Ministry Misfits Fantasy Football League. Our second big announcement that we have coming up, which you may have already seen on our page, is that we are giving away a ticket to the upcoming Absurd Conference, which is gonna be on Friday, October 6th. Coming up here just very shortly. So Andrew, why don't you tell everyone at home how they can actually enter to win it? Yeah, so we've got, uh, the Absurd Conference has given us a ticket to give away. Um, it's a ticket only to the conference. It's not a plane ticket or hotel room, but maybe if you're, if you're out of state and want to fly in and you win it, then maybe we'll be able to arrange you transportation still um, since we know a, a really awesome Uber driver that's highly rated. Um, that's me if you didn't know that. Um, yeah, not, not Brandon. Um, so what you can do if you want to enter into the contest, if you go to any of our social media channels, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, 
um, you will find a video there um, on TikTok. You may have to search a little bit, but on the other channels, it is pinned towards the top. Um, if you share that video um, on Instagram, you can share stuff. If you didn't know that, you just share it to your story. Um, share the video with the hashtag absurd misfits. If I could talk, that's absurd misfits because I can't talk apparently. Absurd misfits. Um, then that'll enter you into the drawing. You can enter into the drawing up to five times by sharing it on all the different platforms. If you don't have the other platforms, if you you can share it on your the whatever platform you do have multiple times to still get up to the five maximum entries that you uh, are capable. Is five right? I can't count. Yeah, that should be all the platforms that we've got. Yeah, there. I think it's five. You know, we we don't do I don't do math well. That's part of why we brought Brandon on. Um, so yeah. We are going to do the drawing September 22nd, um, 21st. See, I can't do math. It's numbers. Um, September 21st, we're going to do the drawing. Um, we'll do it probably on Facebook Live, and it probably won't actually be a real drawing. It's going to be digital because, you know, everything I do is digital. Um, but we will announce the winner on September 21st. Um, we will get the winner the information for their ticket, and then you guys can join us there at the Absurd Conference. Um, for those of you that do not win, you would be able to still purchase tickets though at absurdconference.com. Um, tickets are already on sale if you don't want to risk not getting one because we did not pick you. Um, you can still go to absurdconference.com. If you guys are already signed up to go to the Absurd Conference, make sure you come find Brandon and I at our booth. Um, if you want to jump on, do a quick interview with us, we'd love to talk with you. Um, we'll have some stickers available, um, some much cooler ones than we had even at More Than a Game because Brandon is getting really crafty along with our uh, sticker sponsor, Sweaters for Turtles, which I... Oh, he didn't laugh this time. I expected him to bust out laughing again. Well, that, yeah, it, it was just a one-time effect. Yeah, well, Sweaters for Turtles, um, you can check them out. They're, they're on our, our website in the sponsors um, section if you want to go see. They also make some really cool masks for all of you that are still needing to mask up for your jobs and things like that. Uh, she made me a really cool one with the map of Rohan last year. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So today, though, we we have some uh, a little bit of a more serious discussion than you know the Browns not being Browns fans not being able to spell and me not being able to do math. Um, You know, we 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 know what's been in the news. Um, The top of the news lately has been all the stuff with the the Taliban kind of reemerging with some extra force there there in Afghanistan. Um, and as well as what that means for our brothers and sisters over there. And so today we want to talk about the church in persecution. Um, like I said, not quite as fun and uh, entertaining as, you know, the, the fantasy football league or the absurd conference, but we definitely want to, to talk a little bit about this. So Brandon, first off, you you have for us the actual definition out of Webster's, um, since apparently he's been determined to be the official definer of everything. Um, Give us the definition of persecution here. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the Merriam-Webster's version of persecution, and we're going to start there first. I'm going to say a little bit more of a worldly view, and then we are really going to dive into the biblical view of um, what the Bible and what Jesus calls as persecution. 
So what Merriam-Webster says is persecution, their definition is the act or practice of persecuting, especially those who differ in origin, religion, or social outlook. They also kind of got a second one in there, which might help you a little bit, even though it still says it in there, the condition of being persecuted, harassed, or annoyed. There you go. I think even gets more more broad, in my opinion. (laughs) Right. And, and this is something that, you know, we it's obviously most people when we talk about a basic world definition of persecution, people people are going to be able to kind of understand what we're talking about. And that the idea of harassment, I think, is the big one yes. that, that we see more often of everybody is always getting, you know, especially since the rise of social media, harassment has gone to a whole new level because you cannot escape people nearly as easily as you used to but you know the the idea of harassment is the the big one but that that definition while it works is not what we're actually talking about today correct no and so why don't you uh give us a little bit of biblical perspective we're going to go through a couple things really the first one you want to talk about today is matthew 10 yeah so matthew chapter 10 this is where Jesus has gotten all of gotten the 12 apostles. He gives them authority to go out and do everything. He gives them their names. Um, most of them are their given names. Some of them, you know, were changed a little bit. He sends them out. He tells them to go out. But what we see here as he goes down, once he gets into about verse 16, is he says, Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as serpents and harmless as doves, because people will hand you over to Sanhedrins and flog you in their synagogues. Beware of them. You'll even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the nations. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how how or what you should speak. For you will be given what what to say at that hour, because you are not speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking through you. Brother will betray brother, father, his child. Children will rise up against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be delivered. When they persecute you in one town, escape to another, for I assure you, you will not have covered the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, a slave is not above his master. It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and be a slave like his master. And if they called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more the members of the household? This is not a happy-go-lucky little commissioning like we we see a lot of times coming out of seminary or when you know we're sending out missionaries where we lay on hands, we pray over them. And then we wait for them to come back and give us the the slideshow with all the funny funny stories of how the youth pa- the pastor's kid you know fell off the roof. You know, <laughs> exactly, it kind that, of gets away from the prosperity gospel that um, so so much likes to be preached and really gets into what Jesus calls for us as Christians a lot of times and among other things. Right. I mean, it, it is completely counter to the prosperity gospel. So if nothing else that you get from this is the reality that the prosperity gospel cannot actually be found anywhere within a gospel, a a biblical gospel. The prosperity gospel is trash and is going to get thrown out. I mean, that that's just the way it is. You know, there's, there's no, no, no nice way of putting that it's trash and it needs to be treated as such. (laughs) But, um, you know, the, the biblical definition for persecution is, 
it is going to be very similar to to what we have with Webster's as far as harassment and abuse, but it is not because of what you look like. It's not because of how you talk. It's it is not because of you at all. It is because of Christ and Christ alone. Christ is the reason that persecution comes, not because of who you are as a person. Yes, it's because of who you are in Christ. You know, that, that is the basic definition of what a biblical persecution is, is when you are harassed, abused, killed, whatever, mistreated because of Christ's name and not your own. Um, that That's the basic definition. Now, what it looks like, you know, that, that can vary, and, and you know, that that's kind of a, a hot topic right now as far as what does it actually look like when we're talking about persecution. Um you know, it sometimes it comes in the force of violence, sometimes it comes in the force of harsh words, sometimes it comes in the force of financial or um, you know, career career things that happen. There's a lot of these different things that can happen and it is persecution, but the the main identifier as far as whether or not this is actual biblical persecution is why is this actually happening? Yes. And I even want to bring up, Andrew, one of my favorite portions of actually in John 15, kind of what Jesus is talking to his disciples about through persecution here. So I'm going to be in John 15, uh, talking about the hatred of the world. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If you kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, very much like he talked about, because they do not know who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have been seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in the law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. When the helper comes, who I have sent you to help from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So one of my favorite things that I think about that portion there in John 15 is really what he talks about at the end of, I will provide a helper for you. And really talking about how the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking through us on, on behalf of God or through Jesus. Um, like you said, said, it's really through about him and not about us. And, and that's, that's the big thing too, is the idea of if the spirit is involved with this, then it's not actually something that is needing to be feared or that we need to be guarding against or anything else. But if, if this is something where we are going to be empowered by the spirit when this comes on, this should be almost, in, I mean, this should be something we're looking forward to is this idea of God is going to use this situation that is going to be horrible and that we would not want to go through unless the spirit is is doing something that that kind of transitions us into why persecution actually comes this is something that um if you listen if you're within the apologetic circles 
a lot of times this is one of the arguments that is used both within Islam and within um, within within atheist communities. This this idea of if Jesus is God and He is all powerful, then shouldn't Jesus be able to prevent people from dying because of His name? Yeah, that's a tough question to wrestle through. It is, unless we understand why persecution actually comes from a biblical perspective. So both verses that we just read out of John 15 and Matthew 10 kind of give us a little bit of insight. Um, you know, Matthew 10, it talks about the fact that when you're brought before the magistrates, when you're brought before the, the religious leaders, all these different things, you are brought there to bear witness to them and to the nation. That's out of verse 18 in Matthew 10. There's a very specific purpose why you are brought to that exact spot. It's not about you. It's not about what's about to happen to you, but about the fact that you now have an audience. And it's an audience with an impact. Yes. You know, in, in John 15, when it talks about the fact the Spirit comes upon you, it gives you the opportunity to to let the spirit actually address the people that need that he needs to address that otherwise they're going to be closed off to. And I think that it could be a very touchy subject, but then also how do you respond when you're in the face of that persecution? It might be, I'll say lack of better terms, easier at the beginning to have your mm -hmm. name slandered or maybe walk through a little bit. It of takes fire, a toll it eventually goes on. <laughs> yeah. Do you revert back on your own strength or do you really try to have the spirit speak through you, which is easier said than done. And, and that, that's part of why, you know, both in Matthew 10 and John, we, we see Jesus lay out plainly. It's like, don't try to plan ahead as far as how you're going to respond here. <laughs> it's like, just let God do his thing. You just show up. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we see that the, the first martyr of the church was Stephen you know, Stephen gets dragged in and gives this grand sermon out of nowhere. Not because he had been, you know, a theological guru and studying all this stuff to figure out how all the pieces connect. But instead, he just showed up. Well, I mean, he was forced to show up when he was dragged in. But, you know, he allowed he allowed God to do what God was going to do. Yes. The other side of this as to why biblically we see persecution happen in acts 8 which is what we were just talking about with stephen and Acts 7 is stephen acts 8 it starts with talking about that saul oversaw all of it and that saul was almost pleased with all of it and so now all of a sudden we've got this new new threat coming to this new church and people scatter but they don't just scatter out of fear they scatter with purpose because again it's not about them and the spirit is upon them and as they scatter across the you know across Europe across Asia across the Middle East they in in into parts of Africa they're taking the gospel message with them and taking the very name that has got them in trouble at home they're now taking into all these other regions of the world and so sometimes what we see with persecution is that it comes because we as a church have gotten gotten lazy we've gotten comfortable and god this is the only way for god to shake us up but when persecution comes typically what we see in response is we see massive revival and massive growth and massive discipleship transformation take place within communities within countries within nations within the empires 
Yeah, through through obedience to God, that's really where he begins to move. Yeah, instead of us just being complacent and staying there. So that that right there is kind of a we have watered it down a lot <laughs> for sake of time. We've watered it down a lot. We're gonna get more in depth with it as far as actually you know, we, we've kind of numbered it out in five different areas that we can then, you know, going through our paradigm, we can show you what the theological truth is that got us to that thinking and, and the method for what persecution actually is. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to actually talk about why we are really addressing this today. Um, it's not just because it's in the news, but it's because it's also in other areas of the news that um, are a little bit disheartening. So um, stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. Hey everyone, this is Andrew Fouts. I'm the Director of Digital Resources for CSRM and the host of Ministry Misfits. And today we want to invite you to join us at Reach Gathering 2021 in Ridgecrest, North Carolina, September 14th through the 16th. Um, the reason we love to go to Reach Gathering, the reason we partner with the Reach Gathering is because we are all about resources and relationships, and especially these relationships with like-minded ministers that are able to come together and think about why we are, why we love sports rec and fitness ministry, how we want to see the, our communities reach with the gospel through these methods, and to talk about how to do these things from a theological and a biblical perspective. So we hope to see you all there. There's still time for you to register at reachgathering.org backslash register. And we would love for you to meet you all there at the CSRM booth, as well as all the other partner booths that will be there as well. Hi, this is the Ministry Misfit, Andrew Fouts. I'm also the Director of Digital Resources for CSRM and the producer of Overwhelming Victory Productions. And today we want to talk a little bit about Anchor FM. Part of our job here at Overwhelming Victory Radio is to provide ministries with easy and affordable ways to create their own media content. And one of these ways is Anchor FM. Anchor is a free one-stop studio with tools to allow you to create a custom podcast experience. They do everything from creation tools, distribution tools, and even marketing tools with ads such as this. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ministry Misfits podcast. Today, Andrew and I are talking about persecution. So everyone's favorite thing to talk about, right? Why did you say it that way? It sounded like something off of Schoolhouse Rock persecution <laughs> the yeah, letter of the day is to, there might be a song and dance afterwards yeah for it but yeah so just welcome back to the second half so far andrew and i have gave a little bit of the definition of what is persecution we've given you a dictionary version which goes beyond religion and we've also kind of taken a dive into the bible we've looked at matthew 10 and john 15 to just take a look at the biblical view of what persecution is and kind of the difference between those two and what that looks like 
for the second half here, we're going to take a look more of the historical side of things and also present day. So what does that look like biblically from persecution and also kind of dig into some of our American history through persecution and then where that all leads us today? Right. So, uh, you know, to start out, we're, we're, we want to clarify, too, that when we're talking about the, the historical examples here, we're talking biblical definition persecution, not dictionary. Yes. Correct. So the really the first place we see this, you know, we could argue maybe with Cain and Abel, but the the first place that we see an actual biblical definition of persecution goes all the way back to Noah. You know, he's building his boat out in the middle of the desert where it doesn't rain. And everybody around him is telling him to give up, to quit, to stop, because this is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? But Noah knows full well that he's doing this because this is what God has asked him to do. Yeah. And that somewhat in return, I would say isolation comes from that. Right. Granted, not much he could have done anyways, but partially isolation was a result of his obedience to Christ. Right, and that and that's something that you know we can jump into a little bit more as we move move through this. But this this is one of the the dangers of not understanding the what's and the whys and the you know the the theological framework or three tier paradigm of persecution is that if you don't fully understand what's going on, it's very easy for the persecution to quote unquote work. Because it it is an isolating thing, it's a depressing thing. Um, you know, as we go through some of the historical stuff, you know, I'll I'll drop some names in uh, of people that you can read that have gone through this, um, and and what they talk about as far as the how they even get through all of this kind of stuff. But you know, the without this idea of actually understanding that it's not me they're coming after. They're coming after God. They're coming after God's word. They're coming after what God has set in front of us. If you don't have that, then the isolation sinks in much quicker. And as the isolation sinks in, doubt sinks in. As doubt sinks in, depression sinks in. And as depression sinks in, the ability to resist persecution and resist temptation go hand in hand. Yes. And so we, it, you know, that, that's part of the other reason why we want to talk about this and, and this sort of, this sort of framework of what does the Bible actually say about it? And so what does that mean we think about it? And so what does that mean we do using our three tiers? So after Noah, you got Jacob and Esau going all the way back into the womb, wrestling over God, you know, God's blessing. You go further on into that, you've got Joseph being thrown into the pit by his brothers because of God's call on his life and Joseph's faith in that call. You know, you go past that into the, the story of the fact that Israel is oppressed within in Egypt because of the fact that they are not Egyptians, but also because of the fact that God is blessing them and that they are attributing all of this back to God, even though they don't have a name for him yet. You know, you, you go on into into after they, they leave Egypt, they're they're set up, they're persecuted by the Philistines, Canaanites, and this is one of those areas that people like to forget too, is that God is the one that actually forces the Canaanites and the Philistines on them as punishment for what Israel is doing. Mm -hmm. But the fact remains that they were partially attacking because of the fact that Israel's God 
was getting too big for the for the region. And because Israel's God was getting too big for the region, there had to be something done about it. You know, you go you go past that into where now you've got the prophets rising up. You've got or you know, you had the judges rising up, then you get to Samuel, you have the prophets rising up. The prophets are persecuted over and over and over again because of the message that they are bringing to the people and bringing to the different nations, not always even Israel, but even outside of Israel. You go past the prophets into the exile. You know, everybody knows the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refusing to bow down. You've got the story of Daniel being thrown into the lion's den. You go into the New Testament and we see things like John the Baptist being willing to go and be, be beheaded because of the fact that he's not going to just stand there and watch Herod, you know, make a mockery of who God is. Jesus, obviously, we all know what goes on. We know, we know what happens to him. If we're yeah. saying we're Christians, we know what happened to him. We also know the outcome, which is a happy thing, but we also know how we got to that outcome. And then we go from there into the early church, and from the early church we see Stephen, and then from Stephen we we see a mass exodus, and we see all of the apostles getting, you know, whether they're crucified, they're thrown off of cliffs, they're thrown off the temple, their heads are chopped off. John John is sent off into exile because the king, you know, the king can't get rid of him. There's all these different examples throughout the early church. You go into, you know, more modern history. You've got the stories of guys, you know, that are going up against the emperor. Um, I'm losing a lot of their names because it's been a while and I've got a new baby and haven't slept. But, you know, we... Dad brain. Yeah, dad brain. Um, you know, we, we've got examples of even people that are killed you know the gladiator fights were not with christians even though sometimes we like to throw them in there but the reason the gladiator games stop is because a priest jumped into the arena trying to stop everything kind of in that whole um, gladiator movie line of mm -hmm. are you not entertained <laughs> but in the way of why are you entertained this is not what we are made to do you know, and stopping, he gets killed in, in this gladiator-esque battle when he was just trying to stop it. Yes. You know, we, we go further than that to where, you know, they're thrown to lions, they're thrown to tigers, you know, and bears, oh my. You know, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Even going into, you know, the, the um, you know, Enlightenment era, Renaissance era, you've got Christians being being killed because of the fact that they're showing through these new scientific methods and everything examples of how God is showing himself and they're being executed for it. There are examples all throughout history of the church having biblical persecution coming after them. But the one thing that is consistent through all of it is that the people being persecuted do not show fear in the midst of all of it. They show peace. They show, they show joy and they are, actively working towards the redemption of the people that are doing it to them yeah and i'm sure if we read more into it or had their full story or if they had their own podcast i'm sure we would hear those times where they did question or have fear like you said we ultimately see where god triumphs in the end because they were obedient right. so you really gave us a good 
foundation. If you want, if you want to actually read all of those, um, Fox's Book of Martyrs is the place to go. Um, there's also some addended versions of them um, that DC Talk actually produced in um, coordination with the Voice of Martyrs. Um, those are the Jesus Freak books, um, which is also the greatest album ever. Just saying. Um, yes, you can't argue with that one. Um, but, you know, when, when we talk about this, the other side of it is that God always provides a remnant. You know, the, the church never in the midst of this has any feeling of, oh, we're going to be gone after this. Mm -mm. God always provides a remnant, whether it's small or whether it's huge. There's always a remnant left over, which is another big piece to biblical persecution compared to worldly persecution or, you know, in some cases, genocide, where there's a chance that this people group may never come back. But God always provides a remnant for his people. And this is one of those few areas, you know, we talked about this with Lamont before Brandon had come on when we were talking about the, the Israeli-Palestine thing of where, you know, a lot of the Old Testament covenants that we, we see cannot be applied to modern-day Israel. But the one thing that we do see is that God still provides a remnant of his of Abraham's seed, not just spiritually speaking with us in the church, but also physically speaking, there is a remnant left. Yeah, because that's the kind of God that we serve. So that'll kind of transition us to our next spot here, as we just talked about historically, really the biblical side of a lot of the martyrs or people that went through persecution. So uh, let's uncover and maybe undig why we're talking about per persecution specifically in this series, and then also maybe talk about what some of that American persecution has looked like. And this will shift a little bit between the um, dictionary definition and the biblical. So this one will become right. almost a to... little, little one of both. Right. We, we want to be able to actually distinguish the two. Um, yes. You know, that that's the ultimate goal of all of this. So we're we're talking about this because everybody knows what's going on in afghanistan everybody also knows the taliban's position on christianity and so everybody is aware that there's going to be major biblical persecution as well as dictionary persecution happening right. with within afghanistan uh, that there there is no debate about that it's going to happen the reason we are addressing it now is because of the response that we are seeing from some of the churches here in the United States as it relates to what our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, as well as other portions of the Middle East, are actually going through. Yes, and I think it's more of a wanting to feel that same persecution um, instead of trying to pray from overseas almost at times. Right. And there is a little bit of the emotional, you know, when we have an emotional bond, it makes it much easier to empathize, but we already have an emotional bond to emph emphasize with them. And the fact that we're just as worthless and depraved as they are, as they are. And we are now saved by the same God they are. And we are all a part of the same family because of that. So we don't need to add anything extra. Exactly. You know, the, the, we'll, we'll, we'll just start with the, again, we'll go back to our history lessons here. Cause I'm a hist I'm a, I'm a history guy, you know, a culture, culture, social history guy. 
Well, apparently uh, I'm the math guy, so we'll keep it. Yeah, moving. you're you're the math and business guy. I'll I'll do the <laughs> other. You know, I'll look at. I can remember dates. Those are the numbers that I can do. Um, American persecution, both, and this is one where we're looking at it first from a dictionary definition, but it also applies biblically here. The majority of American history, the church has actually been the one guilty of most of the persecution going on. Now, what do we actually mean by that? Um, those that want to go back and look at a more extensive thing than we're talking about will link up in the show notes. There is a article from the Smithsonian Museum on the history of religion's tolerance in the U.S. Um, but you know, the major when you know the the first settlers come from England. If you know, we can argue that on another podcast as far as whether they were the first. But, you know, the first, you know, recognized American colonists set up shop. It's Protestants that are coming here because they either are afraid of the Catholic Church or they're afraid of the Anglican Church. But it's mostly Protestant groups of Puritans that, that set up shop here. Yeah. Because of this, a lot of early persecution that we see in American culture... Besides what we see also with, again, this is this also has dictionary persecution involved with it as far as the way this, the colonists treated the natives. The other side of it is that there was a lot of anti-Catholic persecution going on in the early colonies and even in some ways even into the actual founding of the U.S. You know, going beyond that, the whole reason we have the state of Pennsylvania... <laughs> is due to church persecution of other Christians. Yeah, specifically with the Quakers. Specifically, William Penn and the Quakers were kicked out of their Puritan communities, and so they went and formed Pennsylvania. You know, that that's the whole reason we even have Pennsylvania, <laughs> is because <laughs> of the fact that there was religious persecution coming from the church. You know, going through American history, we, we have this idea of, well... You know, we're in a we're a Christian nation, so we wouldn't be doing that. Or we're a Christian nation, so persecution can't happen here. Or we're no longer a Christian nation, so that automatically means persecution is happening here. And all three of those things are completely false. Yeah, and I think it even has some biblical ramifications too, as Jesus talks about Matthew with the Pharisees of you right. created all these man-made laws that you're now trying to impose on people. And that's where the persecution or the heart of it's coming from versus the biblical perspective of why they're being persecuted. Right. And, and this is the, the hard thing for us to understand as a church is that the church is capable of persecution, both dictionary and biblical, just as much as outside of the church. And that's what we've seen through American history. We still see that in some ways today. There's a large group of ministry misfits that cannot get a job in a established church anymore because they've been outed as quote-unquote woke for preaching a multi-ethnic gospel, for preaching a gospel of social change, for preaching a gospel of social justice, for preaching a gospel that is not Republican and not Democrat, that is not capitalist, that is not socialist, but just straight up preaching the gospel. And now... They are without jobs, 
and hopefully listening to this podcast. <laughs> and also, if you want to hear more about that too, again, it's be another plug for the Absurd Conference. Like you said, yes. that's really some of that that's, being talked about. That's is... where, I mean, that's where the whole name came from was the idea of doing multicultural ministry was called Absurd. You know, that's a very low form of harassment, but I mean, to be called absurd in a professional setting is not a good thing. No. <laughs> you know, it, it's not a good thing. That, so we're not saying that persecution does not happen here in the U.S. Because there are some examples even within, you know, my our lifetimes, Brandon and I, that we've seen outside persecution happen to specific. Uh, specifically biblical persecution attacking attacking the church columbine is a big one that sticks out to a lot of people you know there there's debate as to whether or not the shooters were targeting christians or not but we know of at least one where the option was we'll let you live if you deny christ another big one that's happened in the more recent years is the the shooting that happened in charleston at the church and again it's debated by the media was this racial was it religious my wife and I were actually in Charleston the day that it happened, and there was a major difference between the way that the news covered it locally and nationally. CNN and Fox were talking about this racial shooting, but when the local news was covering a tragedy at the church and they were interviewing other church members, the other church members were celebrating because their church had been counted as worthy to endure the same kind of persecution that is happening across the globe and that has happened across history. And so, you know, we, we understand in a way that the media does play a large part into this, but unfortunately what we are also seeing and what we want to talk about for the last remaining time we've got here today is what actual persecution looks like within the church here in the u.s yeah i like that you're talking about this especially the latter portion of the media side is that really played up today and again we picked higher level big incidents that happened um, as there's persecution as you said going on daily whether it's in america or across the world but we feel like today a lot of even christians specifically take anybody that's resistant to them or that even has a different different viewpoint whether that's their political belief or how they feel about the vaccine that anything about that is persecution about them just because they're putting their flag in the ground about some sort of view or stance and again that's not coming from a spirit-led or christ-centered spot typically Right, you know, the your church not being allowed to meet without masks is not the same thing as your church having to run to the mountains in order to meet. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, like a that, government law that Yeah, that that yeah, there are two completely different things because yeah. the masks are about a, you know, public safety thing. You know, there may be some within certain cities where there is some bias because it's a church. We're going to come down a little bit harder. But overall, the idea of you have to be vaccinated or you have to have a mask in order to meet is not the same thing as if you are a Christian, your head's coming off. Correct. Because there it is all about the fact that you are claiming Christ as your identity. 
Here, it's because of the fact you live in a community. Yeah. And that is where we've got to start the process of actually looking at some of these things that we're addressing, especially those of us that are pastors in the pulpit. We've got to be careful not to try to leverage the situation going on in Afghanistan with the political, you know, excitement of the day that's going to get you either a bunch of shares on Facebook and YouTube or get your your uh, congregation all excited because that's what they heard on whatever their news outlet is of choice. Yeah, and I think taking it full circle, the definition is still persecution. Right. However, it is not biblical definition as Jesus gives gives it right. to us we, or as we see throughout the Bible. We want to talk biblical persecution within yes. our churches and not the other stuff. Because we do know biblical persecution is coming. Don't think that we're saying here that America is exempt from biblical persecution. That is definitely not what we're mm -hmm. saying. But what we're saying is that we have to make sure that we are calling it what it is. That the inconveniences of having to go online for a while are not a biblical persecution because you are still able to meet together as a community, even online shout out digital ministry, <laughs> you know, where you're still able, Brandon and I have no worries that we are going to be censored with our podcast because we have, we have the word ministry in our name or that everybody is very well aware that we're Christian since everything we are doing is biblically based. You know, we, right. we don't have that worry. But there are people across the globe, including some of our co-workers through the CSRM network, that are constantly having to look over their backs to before they actually say what they need to say. Yeah, so let's kind of recap here and um, as we conclude here about really what biblical persecution is. And I think really the first thing we can boil it down to is it's done because of Christ nothing because of what we do or because of us and that's really why i like when jesus is talking in john 15 to his disciples he mentions the helper or the holy spirit and it's really through his voice and through him that's doing the work nothing that we're doing right and that that really boils down and this i mean even from a if we this kind of boils down to i don't i think it was with the mcdowell's that we talked about the idea of if your identity is centered in Christ, then in a way, persecution is about you because people see Christ in you. That's part of the other reason why we should be praying that it happens, is that if it's happening, that means people are identifying you with God. If they're identifying you with God, then that means you've got the fruit, there's fruit to show, which if you have the fruit show, means you've got the Spirit on you. And if the Spirit is on you, again, we don't have to worry about any of this because God's going to take care of it. Yeah, not just your identity being in a political party or something else. Where, yeah, right. the The second side of this, you know, that the first part is it's done because of Christ, not because of you. The second part of it is the fact that you actually know that it's happening because of Christ and not because of you. The other, the other distinction we got to make here is that there's a difference. Well, it, we'll we'll put this on one of the paradigms that, or. Uh, continuums that we always do of spiritual warfare which is a real thing that happens regularly and that's part of the the importance of regularly gathering together whether that's online or in person 
and persecution. They're not always exclusive, but you can have spiritual warfare without persecution. Mm-hmm. You know that that that's something we we want to make sure we're we're you know there are things that will happen to you that is because you are a Christian, but it is happening to you in a sector where it's not really persecution happening. This is spiritual warfare, whether that's you you in your personal discipleship, whether that's you in trying to disciple other people. Whether that's you feeling like you are being prevented from going into the place that God is calling you to go. You know, those kind of spiritual warfare things are real. They happen. But that's not necessarily persecution based off the biblical definition or the Webster's definition. But when you have a biblical persecution setting, there's definitely spiritual warfare stuff going on. But the persecution side of it is different than the other areas of spiritual warfare. We fight it the same way. We're encouraged by it the same way. We celebrate it the same way that we do other examples of people, you know, engaging in spiritual warfare within our churches. But they are two different things. And so when we talk about knowing that it's because of Christ that you're being persecuted, not because of yourself, is also understanding the difference of this is more than just I'm going through something right now. This is God's about to do something and people don't like it. And so God's about to do something right now. And I just have to endure whatever it is so God can do it. Yeah. So I'll kind of even tie in our next, you said kind of the five points that we have here. So I'm going to even kind of loop in three, four, and five somewhat together. Kind of our third one is the, the fear and pain is temporary. So I think it, maybe even kind of going back to something we said that there will be fear and pain, right? We're not saying that there won't be, but the hope that we have in Christ is that it is temporary. Um, whether it's a season of time where you go through it, or unfortunately for some, it's even death at the end of the, the physical pain, um, here in this world, but ultimately kind of going into point four is that there is peace and joy that comes with it through the furthering of the kingdom. Um, And that is kind of our fifth point there of it is building the kingdom um, through spiritual and biblical persecution. Uh, If you are enduring that race of that tough time and and, um, sitting through that, there is peace and joy of what sits on the other side of ultimately Christ's kingdom coming here on earth as in heaven. And this is what we see in Second uh, Timothy, in Paul's letter, you know, Paul's second letter to Timothy. Mm-hmm. Paul is pretty sure he's not getting out of prison this time. And so, you know, he, he tells Timothy, you know, what to expect because that's what got him in here. But he spends all of chapter 3 talking about the fact that you know the stories of the people that came before you and that endured all of this. You know the stories of the prophets. You know the stories of the other apostles. You know what the scripture says about what's going to happen in the last days. You know about what the scripture says about what we're supposed to do in today's world. We know what the scripture says about what happens after we die. You know all of these different theological things. And so because you know that, endure the hardship preach the message whether it's convenient and fulfill your ministry and ultimately that idea of fulfilling your ministry 
is a lifelong call to the end. Yes. And so if we are actually talking about biblical persecution, you know, we know it's done because of Christ, not because of us. We, we actually know that it's because of Christ and not because of us. There is fear, there is pain, but we also know that it's temporary because there's a peace that comes because if the Spirit is actually there with us and speaking through us, then we're going to have that peace that passes understanding. We're going to have joy, you know, those fruits of the Spirit. And ultimately, it's going to build up the kingdom out of it. Um, you know, the, the last thing we want to leave you with, um, and th this is really where the the last section of what separates out biblical persecution from other uh, the Webster's version of it is that God always leaves a remnant. And so we don't have to fear that persecution persecution coming only grows the church and never kills it. Mm-hmm. And so we should be praying for it and welcoming it. We should be expecting it, but not looking for it in places that it's not. Adre or, you know, celebrating the places where it is. And doing our best now to go out and preach the message where it's, where it's, when it's convenient or not. To endure the hardship when it comes and to fulfill our ministry in all areas. So this has been Ministry Misfits for this week. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, I'll we'll be in studio. Although, who knows? Because I never know when I'm recording if we're ever going to get to it or not. Um, but hopefully, we'll be in studio here eventually. Um, go check out some of the the backlog stuff we just released uh, last week. All of our interviews from the more than a game co or conference, more than a game tournament that we did. Um, which if you tried to watch the Facebook live videos and couldn't understand it because we had unplugged the microphones, don't worry because the audio, you can actually hear it on the podcast. So you can go back and actually listen to the interviews instead of just trying to interpret from lip reading. Um, we also have figured out what the problem was. And so those of you that are going to reach gathering, check us out at CS, the CSRM booth. We're going to be doing some similar stuff there, but you'll actually be able to hear it. Um, those of you that are coming to the Absurd Conference, come check us out at our booth. We're going to be doing some similar stuff there, and you'll be able to hear it. Um, we also, don't forget, if you want to do the fantasy football, you've got a couple of days still from the time this releases um, to sign up. You can find that at the bio bio.link backslash Ministry Misfits also. Um, if you want to enter in for the contest to win a ticket to Absurd, Go to our social media channels, share the video with the hashtag Absurd Misfits. I said it wrong again. Why can't I not say that right? Absurd Misfits. There you go. Absurd Misfits. I keep going absurd. I don't know what's right. going on with that. I don't even know what, what language or, or <laughs> anything that would be. But anyway, yeah, you can go share that with the hashtag and be entered into the drawing for the, uh, the free ticket to the absurd conference that's going on here in Canton in October. So any, anything close out for you, Brandon? No, I think that's it. Like you said, this is a heavy discussion to talk about, um, but one that needs to be discussed because like you said, persecution is going on, but there's also a big definition between, we said the dictionary version and also the biblical. So we appreciate everyone. Thanks for listening or watching today. And we look forward to seeing you guys again soon.
Ministry Misfits podcast is a production of Overwhelming Victory Flicks, Overwhelming Victory Radio, and Ministry Misfits Media. Dr. Greg Linville and Andrew Fouts are our executive producers, and Brandon Simmons is associate producer. Our music is provided by Morning Light Music and is titled Rain. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at ministrymisfitmedia at gmail.com or by following at Ministry Misfit on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can support Ministry Misfits at anchor.fm forward slash Ministry Misfits or for FO1C3 credit by going to csrm.org forward slash donate and selecting Andrew Fouts in the campaign menu. To learn more about Overwhelming Victory or to listen to our sister podcast, visit overwhelmingvictory.org.